freedom and love What he's looking for Freed from desire Mind and senses purified Freed from desire Mind and senses purified Freed from desire Mind and senses purified Freed from desire Hello and welcome to That's So Craven, the Fulham podcast from Down Under. Uh, I'm again joined tonight by Elton. Hi, Elton. How are you going? Good. Thank you very much. And uh, we're joined by Sam as well. How are you going, Sammy? I'm good, Jack. Happy to be here. Good stuff. So, look, tonight uh, it's not going to be the longest podcast in the world, but uh, we're going to cover the Chelsea game coming up this weekend, uh, a huge London derby. And uh, we're just going to go through um, a couple of transfers that we wish we'd closed out over the transfer window. It might be realistic ones, it might be non-realistic ones, but just our thoughts on who we would have liked to see come in in the transfer window, um, just to have a bit of a discussion about, you know, what could have been in which he was here. Um, so, look, what we'll do, we'll start with a Chelsea preview. Um, Sammy, why don't you just kick us off, uh, talk us through your thoughts on this Chelsea game coming up this weekend. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. Um, so Chelsea are coming off the back of a really, really scrappy game with West Ham, um, and they got the points that they needed in that game. Um, the goals in that game, I watched I watched the highlights of it. The goals were some of the scrappiest goals I've ever seen in quite a while. As a result, I feel like our defense is strong enough to keep that out, with the exception of Havertz's goal. Havertz... Havertz's goal just really underscored the fact that all you need to do is give him one good touch and he just, he's just got such a good foot on him and he's just really, really good in those high pressure situations. But going through the midfield, Kante's still out. So I feel that Polina and Reed can really, really have a bit of fun against Jorginho because I don't really think he can actually properly hang with them. My biggest concern is going to be Chilwell and Reese on the wings. Um, but I feel like we can get into that a little bit more later. Uh, Elson, thoughts on potential lineup changes for the game? Well, uh, I guess uh, a huge amount uh, turns on whether um, Robinson is fit or not. Um, Clay, from a, I, I saw something on, on Twitter that he was kind of playing down his injury, but uh, who knows? Um, I really do hope he's available because that was unpleasant. Um, uh, you know, the whole whole setup getting unbalanced. I wouldn't be comfortable if Mbabu came in for him starting. Um, but I've also heard Silver's comments that you know, um, uh, Kwaza is not fit and not match ready. So what do you do? It's a real problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. I think um, it's it's an interesting one. If you bring in Kazawa, obviously he was brought in as cover for, for Robinson, but, you know, he, he's barely played a game in the last year. I think I heard he's only played six minutes of football. So really, can you bring him into the starting lineup? Uh, he's been with the club maybe for, well, for a week by the time the, the game comes around. The problem is, what are the other options? I think we saw Mbappe does not work at left back. Um, he, like we spoke about in the last pod, he he really looked uncomfortable. Um, could Tete switch across to that left side? Possibly. 
Could Deckard over Reed switch back? Yes, potentially. Um, but, I, you know, it's it's a big game. Do you throw Kozawa in? Sam, thoughts? I would just purely because at least that's his position. Like, Mbabu looked so worrying on that left-hand side. And um, Dad touched about it, like, last podcast. He just doesn't look confident. And I'd rather at least try with Kozawa because at least he's kind of on the redemption, I guess, and at least he's got something to prove. And um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't trust Mbabu there at all. I think it's a massive call. I think it's it's too big a risk. You couldn't, you surely couldn't do it. The, the lesser of all evils would have to be switching Kenny, who who actually has a pretty decent left side. Um, switching Kenny, Mbabu at least is match fit. Put him on the right, he'll do a job. I think. Um, scares me somewhat defending, but it's probably on balance still better than rolling the dice on Kazawa. You know, Silva is, is is very very clear about the fact he's not ready. Yeah, look uh, for me, I I would still throw him in. I think you ask the the winger on the left to track back and cover him and help him out more defensively during the game, and I think you could get away with it. Um, but Sammy. Thoughts on any other changes? Uh, you know, obviously we've got all these other new signings as well. He came in last minute, been with the squad now for a week by the time the Chelsea game comes around. Does anyone else come into the side? Yeah, look, based on based on the Spurs game, I was not really into what William was doing at all. I know he had a couple of good passes, and um, but he he didn't give any kind of energy that, say, for example, BDR was giving. Or I feel that Reese James came on and actually he he was doing something in a bit of a weird game for him. Chelsea Chelsea's wings they're gonna really really be very very dominant. It's it's a really big part of how they play. Reese James and Chilwell are really really strong asset to that team, and um, I'm I'm scared unless we can kind of compress it in the middle, then I think we can have a good game. But yeah, at this rate, I don't fully know. But I think we, I think yeah, I think we've got more heart than them. Chelsea uh, have a bit of a fractured squad at the moment, but we'll see. Elton, anyone else coming in? Well, there's a lot of talk about Tosin at the moment, um, which is amazing because all the chat preseason was, you know, Reem, surely not. Is he going to the Knackers yard? And Tosin's the one who looks more uncomfortable at the moment. I, I don't think it warrants a change because these guys, those two set backs know each other's game very well. And I'm, I'm probably going to stay with that. Um, <clears throat> as I said, yeah, may, may, maybe one option would be to switch Kenny to, to left back. Um, on the back of, uh, of our two wingers games last week, you, you'd maybe consider starting James. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe those two guys who've actually been playing really, really well, really well, and I'm talking Cabano and, and BDR now, uh, maybe they just were exhausted last week because they'd run a lot of Ks or miles. Um, and, and and maybe it's time for them to be back on again. Don't know. I, I probably wouldn't be making any changes. I, I, I don't see I don't see Silver making huge changes. Yeah, look, I... I tend to agree. I don't think there's going to be any changes at the back. 
I don't think Tosin and Reem had their best games of the season, but then again, across the board, I don't think anyone had their best game of the season. Um, really a big game, a huge game. And after this game, it it does get easier for us. Not that the Premier League's ever easy, but it does get easier. Um, I, I would probably stick with it at the back for now. I'd maybe roll the dice on uh, Dan James, just because I'd like to see him running at the defence. And I think that could break things open a bit. Um, you know, the, the runs that he was making on the weekend, even though he'd only just come on and he'd spent literally a day, he probably never trained with the team because I think transfer deadline day was a Thursday. Guarantee they wouldn't have trained on Friday before the Saturday game. Um, and he was already making some really good-looking runs. Like we discussed, Reed should have put him through at one point. Um, Mitro will start to learn where he's going as well. I think he could stretch the game and and give Mitro that extra bit of space. I, and, I, you know, Nothing against Cabano and BDR. They've played really well so far this year, but I'd like to just see something a little bit different. We've played a pretty much unchanged side, I think, all season, apart from maybe Stansfield coming in occasionally. Um, I think it's time for a bit of a change just to see what else we have in the bag because I think we've got options now. Why not use them? One thing that I think Silver has indicated, though, is that he obviously wants to get guys in, in the room and make sure they totally understand how we play and he's not going to be rushed into pushing people out before he thinks they're full and ready. I don't feel like he thinks he has to be desperate. Um, great if we got a result against Chelsea, but prior to the season, that can't have been in the calculations to pick up points against Chelsea, right? So, again, it's another uh, bonus if we can nick something. And I, I just think he he wants to be really organised and he doesn't want to have a rabble out there who don't understand his system. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Sammy, what what are your thoughts? I know we obviously touched on our predictions for the game last time around, but maybe we were caught up in the, uh, the thrills of a first podcast. So now that you've had 24 hours or so, because we're recording this on a Monday, to reflect... What what are your predictions for, for the game? How do you see it going? Look, I still think as a squad, Fulham has a lot more about them at the moment. I feel that there is um, a real genuine energy and I feel that we play with really passionately at the moment. It's awesome to say that. And um, I feel that Chelsea don't really have that. They have a couple of bits of individual brilliance and they've signed a couple of players like Sterling because they know that they're Premier League ready and can just kind of slip a goal in because that's what Sterling does. Um, and Mendy's really, really class. Again, like they've bought basically every defender that they can possibly get their hands on. So they must be thinking that they, they're they not going to have like the past couple of seasons that they've had. And um, I think, I, I don't want to say it's like Fulham's to lose, but I feel like we have a real opportunity to like come out guns blazing and we will care about this infinitely more than Chelsea will. And Chelsea's in a weird state at the moment. And I think we can really capitalize on that. So a score? I think we'll definitely score. I can't I can't see us not scoring. If honestly, if you saw like Antonio's goal, if that gets through, then I feel that Mitrovic is gonna at least get something. And so what's your score prediction for the game? I still think 2-1. Um, I feel that um, 
Chelsea will probably have a bit of individual brilliance. I think Mitro will do what he does. And then I think uh, I think the second goal could be another Mitro, but it really could be anyone. I think um, maybe it could finally be Harrison Reed. I don't know. It could. It, I feel like it, I feel like it's going to be that sort of a game. Elton. So I think when you talked about exuberance from the last podcast, I think you're referring squarely to me at three two, and that's fair <laughs> enough. Um, I, I, I watched the Chelsea West Ham game, and I read a really interesting article um, that was basically analysing um, the problems that Chelsea are having uh, leaking goals. Uh, it's really interesting. And um, they were talking about how vulnerable they are from set pieces this this season and how both both Mendy doesn't have the doesn't have the the, the space to to actually come out and commit to uh, really, really difficult crosses coming in because he's getting crowded out and they don't have the same zonal formation that they did last year. Really interesting article. Um and so, um, you know, I'm thinking, uh, and also Chelsea statistically are actually conceding more corners. I know it's early days and you can't rely on, on the analysis of the statistics too much, but they're conceding more corners on average already than they did last year. And they're, they're actually vulnerable to set pieces and corners. So, look, I, I, I think Fulham are actually okay um, in... in uh, you know, a we, um, we we've we've got if Pereira's on, we've got reasonable service from you know corners and set pieces. We've got the height, we've got the aggression um, um, in some of our defenders and and Mitro in the box, and so we've just got to harass them because um, Mendy's good, but he's not invincible. He's not invincible. I think if we harass them as well, that is not a squad that welcomes harassment. I feel like if they get harassed, they'll just give up. That really is the vibe that I'm getting from Chelsea at the moment. Well, our, our pressing's been very good this year so far, which is good to see. I've really enjoyed it. So, you know, I, I think we could we could easily cause Chelsea some issues. Um, Elton, what, what were your thoughts for the score now that you've had some time to think about it? I feel like I feel like we, we, we're going to score. I feel like Mitro... And Co will score. I think there's one, possibly two in us. But you know, when I look at Chelsea, uh, um, you know, can we can we really hold them to one? Don't know. I think I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go two two actually. Well, you're coming down from three one before, weren't you? Yeah, I said three one last time. I have had okay, time right. to reflect. No, three two. I'm gonna go two two. I think it's gonna be a really good game. Um, the cottage is definitely gonna be rocking. I I reckon, realistically though, um, you got Koulibaly at the back for Chelsea, who's very strong in the air. Um, Reese James is not the tiny right back that Mitro has been bullying so far this year. He's going to have a little bit more about him. I think Mitro is going to find it hard to be dominant in the air. So I I, I reckon. We're going to struggle to score. I think we're going to nick a goal because we've done really well scoring goals this year, which I'm really happy to see because we haven't always been a massive scoring side, but Mitro is on fire. Um, so I, I'm going to say one all. I think uh, I, I haven't seen 
the attacking threat from Chelsea that we are used to seeing. Now, Aubameyang signed on deadline day, so that could be interesting because he he's quick and dangerous and we are not quick at the back. So that could be very interesting. Um, we'll wait and see how that pans out, but I'm, I'm going to go with one all. Yep, fair enough. Right, look, what we'll do now, guys, we'll take a very, very short break and when we come back, we're going to go through wish he was here. Uh, who do you th- wish we'd signed this transfer deadline day? Um, and we're going to talk that through. Okay, welcome back. Um, like I said before, we're going to actually go through a little feature now called Wish He Was Here. Um, basically, what we're going to do is talk about people who we wish Fulham had signed on transfer deadline day or through the window in general um, to definitely strengthen the side. Um Elton, I'll throw to you first because you are, according to yourself, the least prepared for this. Um, Sam, you don't look very happy about that either, but that's okay. Elton, uh, who do you wish Fulham had signed on transfer deadline day? And feel free to be as realistic or unrealistic as possible. Well, I'm going to go realistic um, only because I know that at least one of us is not going to be. And... um, Sam's shaking his head. We 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 know, but um, I'm sure I'm sure I'm um, I share the view with thousands of Fulham fans in in, in being really disappointed that uh, Clivert didn't happen, and um, I mean that was just crazy. Really, it, it, well, I, I understand that that it's probably the last sort of detail that they'd expect to double-check and being post-Brexit, who would have thought? Um, But I I know that Clivert has probably promised huge things in the past and and I know he's he's not, um, he's no surprise packet, but perhaps he's never really delivered. And, And I just had a feeling that Silva could get something special out of him most particularly because he really wanted to go come to Fulham. And I think that's uh, the sort of ingredient that seems to be common um, in, in all of the signings so far. And hopefully all the signings that do well. Uh, so, you know, that I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. That's, that's kind of, I, I was really disappointed when that didn't happen. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe he might still be a target for us. If he wants to come that badly and he's just gone out on loan, uh, maybe he's still a possibility for us. Uh, you know, I think we're all in agreement that we need, you know, great wingers, press, 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 press ability. Um, and um, I suppose that's um, what I would have loved. And, and obviously... Um, a great replacement and buddy for Bellinia. Yeah, look, I think that's that's fair. I think we we obviously brought in Willian and Dan James, who are good good options on the wing. But I think Clivert just looked like he had that little bit of something about him. He's young. He wanted to come to Fulham, and technically, I, I know he's he's probably not as polished as some of the other players we could have got out there who are on the market, but. I was excited about the prospect of having him join. Uh, I think he could have been really exciting, and it's a real shame we didn't get him over the line. Um, Sammy, what are your thoughts? Not on Clivert, but no, well, g- g- give me who you wish we'd signed. Erling Haaland. No, I'm kidding. No, you're not. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if he could, he would. Um, now, I, do you know who I would have really liked to have signed? And a little bit of curveball. I think Christian Eriksen's playing awesome at the moment. And if he's good enough for Brentford, I think he's good enough for us. And um, he's, he's one of those players that I feel has been very rated but also underrated for a very long time, particularly, like, after his spell at Inter Milan and then coming back to the Premier League and particularly for Man United, just being so creative and just offering so much to like a squad. I feel that that's something that we could have really, really, really relished in. And similarly to that, I would have really liked this to sign somebody like Billy Gilmore um, because he's hungry. And he's not going to get really the game time at Chelsea. I think he's at Norwich now or something or other. But, um, yeah, they're both class. And I feel like we have creativity, but I feel that we don't have enough of it. I feel that, um, obviously, we need to send it back at, send it back at the start of the year and we've moved on to needing wingers, but I feel like some creativity in that central mid area. That's what I feel that those two boys could offer. I think it needs to be said, and to give credit to you, Sam, you know, there can't be a single viewer of the Premier League who doesn't know uh, about Haaland. And you were onto that story very, very early. Very early, you know, months and months and years ago. Only reason to watch the Bundesliga. Only reason. But I, I, I would I'd agree with you there. I think Ericsson would have been a really good pickup, and like you said, he played for Brentford last year, so it's not like he he wouldn't have come to a team like Fulham. I think um, when Man United come for you, you can't turn it down. So realistically, it's it's we were always out of it. If Man United were interested, proves that he still got it. And I mean, the only reason he really signed for Brentford was because of his health issues and easing himself back in. I don't think Spurs were willing to take a risk on him straight away. Um, Brentford were were happy to do that because if it didn't turn out, then fine. But if it did turn out, which it did for Brentford, then great. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one. For me, I, I'm sort of in the same ballpark as you, Sammy, but I'm thinking more, and nothing against him, but someone in Harrison Reed's position, so I was looking at someone like uh, maybe Yuri Tielemans or, or Wilfred Ndidi, both from Leicester. Um, someone, I, I love Reed. I love what he brings to the side. Um, he runs all day, but he just doesn't have that ability to play that killer pass. And I think at the moment, really, in our team, the only person who does is Pereira. And I think you can't win games if you've only got one bloke creating chances for you. I know that I know our wingers do create some chances and our, our fullbacks create chances as well, but I'd love to see us have another central midfielder. And because Tom Kearney, I love Tom Kearney, I think we all love Tom Kearney, but he just he's he's good for the last 20 minutes of a game at the moment and not much more in the Premier League. And I think that's his role and he plays it really well. You'd love someone of Tom Kearney's calibre with his ability to put a good ball into the box and create chances, but with that bit of defensive Naus as well, someone like an Ndidi or a Tielemans who who can do both, defend and attack. I, I reckon if we'd brought in someone like that, we would be really, really tough to beat because not much would be getting through to our defence at the moment who are doing really well as well. Put Palinia alongside Tielemans, 
we would be really, really strong through the middle. And then you get Wilson and Solomon and, you know, if we'd sign Cliver as well, we would be, we'd be a serious side. And I think this side at the moment is probably the best side we put out in the Premier League for 10 years, realistically. You know, those last few years before we got relegated, the side wasn't that strong. This side is is a really, really good side. So um, I, I just would have liked to see a little bit of extra depth in the middle. And as we spoke about with the with the transfer business we did, I think we were just missing that one player as cover in the middle. And I would have liked us to actually bring in someone to take Reed's position there. Also, I love Harrison Reed, but every time he takes a shot, it's a bit like when your girlfriend nicks like a chip of yours. Because like I'm not I'm not really angry, but I just wish it didn't happen. You know, this is a bit unrelated, but because uh, you're talking about um, pe- people who we'd like to have, but talking about guys who can actually play really quality, creative balls into dangerous areas. You know, when Mitro comes deep, I, I reckon he's. People just think about Mitro as this, you know, old school centre forward who muscles himself into position and turns defenders and and and, and scores, you know, uh, roughhouse goals. But actually, Mitro actually plays some really great balls into really tricky areas, Lo- loads of times. He's got some loads great assists to his name, especially in the championship last year. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. I think you know, um, he we he's probably. Um, thought of more as just a bullish striker who sits up top, holds up the ball, heads the ball in the back of the net. But he's actually, I think his movement is is so good that he can see the spaces. So when he gets the ball deep, he has the ability to know where to put the ball because that's where he would want it as well if he had an extra yard of pace and could play on the wing. So, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. Also, that goal that he scored against um, against Spurs was beautiful. We didn't We didn't talk about that. That was a gorgeous goal. Yeah, I agree. We didn't talk about that enough. And I, I don't think he was given quite as much praise. I read an article saying, I think it was a Spurs article, but basically saying that Spurs switched off and allowed Mitro to score. But, I mean, they should have closed him down better, but they did not allow him to score. He's curled one into the top I corner. I think of beauty as well. Like, like a Brazilian but he's Serbian. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So look, guys, what we'll do, uh, we'll wrap up the pod for today. We're trying to keep it short and sharp as much as possible. So what I want to do, though, is put a call out for questions from our followers. Obviously, there's not many of you at the moment, but it would be great if people can start to submit some questions for us so that we can answer them and have a bit of a discussion um, and, and talk about what you guys want to talk about as well. And look, if you've got any ideas about, um, you know, little things we can talk about as well, uh, or if you're interested in joining in the pod and, and coming on as a guest, we'd, we'd really like to see other people from Down Under who are massive Fulham fans like us get involved and actually become part of uh, that So Craven family and community. So look, guys, what we'll do there, um, any final thoughts from anyone before the weekend's game? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Dad's, Dad's got something. Yeah. Well, the other thing we haven't talked about is um, not that it was not that it was involved with our game, but that that apparently I've heard that um, uh, Mendy is injured and really struggling at the moment from that um, that kick to his chest that he took the other night. I'd other love night. to have keeper in. I'd love to have keeper in for this game. <laughs> there was uh, a lot of contentious VAR decisions over the weekend. But 
you know, the uh, the Kane one was probably the least contentious of a lot of them as well, surprisingly. Um, so we're hoping. I think we've we've had our fair share of luck this season with the VAR. Uh, those Brentford goals that got ruled out, you know, at least one of them I'd say was probably lucky for us. Um, we've we've had it go both ways so far this season, and it will fall like that for the whole season as well. It'll sting us sometimes, but it'll save our asses more times than not as well. I think. So the other other thing I'd say is that you know uh, Chelsea are having a similar week in terms of fixtures that we had last week. They've got a European game um, Tuesday um, <clears throat> on the back of a pretty tough game with West Ham. Um, not that they haven't got the depth to to rotate people <clears throat> and have fresh legs, but I think they'll be looking to try and have a very stable side. And so I can't see them rotating, you know, really significantly. So there surely there's going to be some tired legs involved. I just want Polina to come along and batter those legs. It'll be great. No, not too hard. He's got four yellows already. One more and he's gone. Oh, that's true. Actually, I forgot about that. Yeah. He, surely he's out for, um, is it Nottingham? Are we playing Nottingham Forest? Oh, I'm not sure. But look, uh, for, for me, uh, I would happily take the influence he has over the game and have him miss one of every seven, which is definitely going to happen this yeah. year. Because I think he his ability is going to win us more games than we lose from him being out of the squad. All right, guys, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Um, Sammy, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. And Elton, thank you as well for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thanks to everyone who has listened to our first episode and is continuing to listen along to the second episode. Uh, we hope everyone enjoys the Chelsea game this weekend. We will attempt to wrap it up sometime over the weekend, if not early next week, and get our third podcast out for then. So... Until then, guys, enjoy. Thanks very much for listening and come on, you whites.